You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Iranian threat group Phosphorus, or Charming Kitten, has been found active against U.S. elections and other targets. A big database of PII on Brazilians is up for auction on dark web markets. Prince Harry takes a legal whack at Fleet Street. An Atlantic Council session takes a look at electrical infrastructure cyber risk. An Alabama medical system pays the ransom to get its files back. And Hilda Cripps developers say it was all fun and released their own keys. From the CyberWire studios at Data Tribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Monday, October 7th, 2019. At the end of last week, Microsoft warned that a threat group it calls Phosphorus and that others call Charming Kitten or APT35 is already actively working to affect the 2020 U.S. presidential election. Phosphorus is Iranian and linked to the Iranian government. The principal target appears, Reuters reports, to be President Trump's campaign and the activity seems to be in its reconnaissance phase. The threat actors' targets are not exclusively campaign operations. Journalists, government officials, and Iranian expatriates are also of interest to Phosphorus. There were apparently four successful account compromises in the campaign, none of which affected either campaigns or journalists. Comment on the Iranian work has tended to say that Tehran has apparently learned from Moscow's playbook, or at least St. Petersburg's. In some ways, this seems correct, false persona, amplified messaging, attempt to compromise influential accounts, and so on. But in another respect, the campaign differs from those that have emanated from Russia. Russian influence operations have tended to have simple disruption as their aim, with the strategic objective being to widen pre-existing fissures in the societies they target, with a view to eroding trust in those societies' institutions. Such a purely negative objective would seem to be easier to achieve than influencing a society or its leaders in a particular direction. That's what Tehran appears interested in doing. It would apparently welcome a more predictable and tractable American administration. In this respect, the Iranian style in influence operations resembles China's more than it does Russia's. Tice reports that a cybercriminal going by the name X4Crow is auctioning what they claim is 16-gigabyte SQL database holding personal information on about 92 million Brazilian citizens. The data are the usual identity theft gold, names, dates of birth, taxpayer IDs, gender, and mother's names. 
Prince Harry is suing the newsgroup newspapers and MGN Limited, alleging, according to reports in The Guardian, that the papers were responsible for phone hacking that invaded his privacy. It's an old incident. The Duke of Sussex is claiming damages from hacking the tabloids are said to have committed against royal phones between 1994 and 2011. The New York Times published a wrap-up of the incident almost a decade ago. So why now? The Duke of Sussex has his hackles up at press treatment of his duchess. Speakers at an Atlantic Council event last week warned that cyber attacks on power infrastructure are now a present risk and no longer just a theoretical possibility. Discussions stress the importance of visibility into the systems that deliver power and that visibility should extend from the sensor level through utilities' customer-facing business systems. It should also include the power industry's supply chain, as former U.S. Homeland Security Secretary Michael Chertoff argued. The utilities don't operate in a vacuum, he pointed out. They themselves depend upon transportation, telecommunications, and other suppliers to actually operate and provide power. Attacks against that supply chain can disrupt the services the utility companies provide. Siemens released the findings of a survey conducted in partnership with the Poneman Institute, which found that 54% of utilities' professionals expected an attack on critical infrastructure within the next 12 months, while only 42% rated their organization's cyber readiness as high. Additionally, 56% of the respondents said they had experienced an attack in the past 12 months that led to the loss of sensitive information or an outage in the industrial environment. The study was based on a survey of 1,700 utility professionals around the world, and it touched on risks to electrical power and water distribution utilities. In general, the utilities are aware of the risk. The task now is to plan to manage it. The Tuscaloosa Post says the DCH health system unlocked ransomware encrypted files by paying the extortionists. When the FBI last week warned that ransomware had become a matter of high concern because of its high impact, a number of media outlets fastened on to what they took to be the Bureau's change of heart concerning the wisdom of paying ransomware. That's not actually what they said. The Bureau did say that while organizations should evaluate all their options, in general, paying the ransom was a bad idea. There's no guarantee the hoods will actually give you a decryptor that works. In fact, the ransomware is nowadays often really a wiper. While in the early days of ransomware, it seemed that payment often did indeed get you a decryptor that worked, that hasn't been true recently. There's also the downside that paying ransom simply fuels a bandit economy. You tend, after all, to get more of the behavior that you reward, and that's as true of ransomware as it is of problems that range from the horrific, like terrorism, to the merely irritating, like the squeegee kids at the corner of Pratt and President here in Charm City. What the Bureau does advise is that you tell them if you've been hit by ransomware, whatever actions you take to recover. In this case, the DCH health system seems to have rolled the dice and come up with a lucky seven. Pricey, but at least they got their data back. The developers of the Hildecrypt ransomware strain, which they told Bleeping Computer was never used against anyone, has released the decryption keys to his work. That way, should any script kiddies get a hold of the code and use it against anyone, anyone can decrypt their files. It was never meant to do any harm, they said, characterizing it as more of an educational initiative. If so, it seems a singularly ill-conceived educational initiative, like new math or caning in old British public schools. At any rate, the Hill Decrypt masters say they now intend to turn their attention to more conventional and benign activities.
Good call. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io/cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io/cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And joining me once again is Joe Kerrigan. He's from the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute, and also my co-host on the Hacking Humans podcast. Joe, great to have you back. Hi, Dave. A uh, story came by uh, via Vice uh, and uh, Motherboard. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is from Joseph Cox, and uh, the title is "Legit-looking iPhone Lightning Cables That Hack You Will Be Mass-Produced and Sold." Right. This well, is from hmm. MG who is uh, demoing these at uh, at DEF CON, I think, this year. Yep. And selling them for 200 bucks a pop. And what are, what are we talking about this here? This is uh, a lightning cable. It looks like a lightning cable. It acts like a lightning cable. It does everything a lightning cable does, but it also has a Wi-Fi access point built into it. Mm-hmm. I mean... That's one of the one of the benefits, I guess, of miniaturization is we can now build a a essentially a USB cable that is capable of running a Wi-Fi hotspot on it as well. Mm-hmm. And this looks exactly like a Apple branded it, it US, does or lightning it, US lightning to USB cable. It looks very very similar. MG is saying that that he's doing this completely transparently and out in the open and letting everybody know that these things are there and that's true to his credit that that. That he is doing that, he's not covering it up, not making, not being surreptitious about it. Hack Five will be selling them. Hack Five is the company that sells like the Wi-Fi Pineapple and other other hacking tools. So mm-hmm. it seems like a, a legitimate vendor for these things. But the end result is that I got to tell you, Dave, we're at a point now where if you don't buy your USB cables from a, a reputable source, then you shouldn't trust them. Mm-hmm. I would say you can't trust your Lightning cable unless you buy it directly at an Apple store. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah, I I guess I have mixed feelings about the availability of something like this, and all because of how deliberately it's trying to look like a legit cable, right? Which I which of course is part of the point here. Correct. I can imagine it wouldn't be that hard for someone to 
buy a real Apple cable, take it home, swap it out for one of these, return it, mm. and have it be put on the shelf at their local Apple store. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, Do you have any issues with the fact that these types of things are being sold at all? I understand your 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 concern with it. I, I generally don't. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm missing something here, but I, I think it's uh, somebody is going to make these things, period. Okay. The fact that these are readily available and being talked about openly is better than somebody making them and not talking about them. And I think that's a bigger danger. Because these things have a Wi-Fi access point in them, they are detectable because they're going to have to emit some kind of Wi-Fi, Yeah. right? And you can probably see them on a, a Wi-Fi analyzer, but nobody's going to do that, right? Well, and, and how many, yeah, I mean, open up your Wi-Fi anywhere. There's going to be a dozen devices that are beaconing, you know. Correct, and but there's... they're all going to have random names. Yeah, and, but then you have to, if you plug this thing in, you'll see, hey, there's a new one and this, and this signal strength is strong. Yeah. Chances are this is a malicious cable. Uh, but by then, it's probably too late, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So maybe you just plug it into a, a, to a wall adapter first. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. But th- I mean, so that's going to become part of our routine. Right. You're, yeah. No. But no, it's not. <laughs> it's also not going to become part of our routine to x-ray these cables and make sure they're good. Right. We've talked yeah. about doing that before, taking them over to the TSA and let them do that. Uh, yeah. I, I guess the, the, yeah, the trouble I'm having is that the, the fact that there is no labeling on this, which I understand is the point. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I, I get your concern. Yeah. I get your concern 100%. It, yeah. It's not an invalid concern. And I'm not 100% married to my position on this either. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that this is cool and, and it's neat that they're making it and, and Hack 5 does this kind of thing. Yeah, it's they, not the only type of tool in this sort of brand of tools. I mean, there's all right. kinds of similar things. That yeah, if you go to Hack 5's website, you can get a Wi-Fi pineapple, which, which will let you spoof other people's Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. It's, that's what the device does, mm-hmm. uh, among other things. So, but, but this is an interesting one. The fact that it's being mass-produced, so the price comes way down, right. which greatly increases the, the possibility that you could find yourself subject to one of these right imagine imagine these things costing less than an actual uh, <laughs> uh lightning cable from yes. apple right right and now i sell them on amazon mm-hmm. uh and in my local area right because i can kind of localize where i'm going to sell them i'm just imagining p- just leaving these things around on uh, at trade shows even better just yeah. leaving them around because I, we, I think you and I have talked about before. If you leave one of these in, in the lunchroom at your office it's for gone. a couple of days, it is gone. Somebody's right. somebody's going to notice it, and within a couple of days, if you don't grab it, someone else is going to. Because exactly. ooh, a free lightning cable. That's right. And that's the point. Yep. And I don't. I'm not sure how you how you fight against that. Like yeah, you said, you buy yep. your own, and I don't know. Mark them with a sharpie so you know yours are yours. I'm just going to lock myself in a room somewhere. Right. I'm going to get connect. a flip phone. <laughs> right, yeah. Get, get my, bring, pull my abacus out of the closet and right. do all my computing that build, way. Build a log cabin in the woods of West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll go well. Right. All right. Well, I'm curious to, to hear what our listeners think about this. Yeah. Um, I, it just, I, I, you understand my discomfort. I, I absolutely understand and yet your discomfort. I, I, and yet yes, I understand the legitimate uses of this. And this does oog me out a little bit. There's just something about it that, 
it's it's a mild discomfort that I just can't seem to shake, and maybe maybe the problem is me, not the device. I don't but, know, uh, Dave. I don't think it's you. <laughs> I think the problem is that we're seeing so much now that we're just learning we can't trust anything. We have these things. We have deep fakes. We have other things that you, you would... You think you can trust, but you just can't trust them. Right, right. Because what we all need is another uh, another source of low-level anxiety in our lives. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Yes, <we're> all- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I don't know what this is going to do to us evolutionarily. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> all right. Joe Kerrigan, thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure, Dave. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. And for professionals and cybersecurity leaders who want to stay abreast of this rapidly evolving field, sign up for CyberWire Pro. It'll save you time and keep you informed. Listen for us on your Alexa smart speaker, too. The CyberWire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here your host over at T-Minus Space Daily, and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K CyberWire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com slash survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. 
SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the dark net, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. Cyberwire. 